0: What if me and you rolled all over and hit each other a bunch as big cats? That would be crazy. Unless... I'm telling you, the dynamic is very charged.
1: Waiting for a break in the rain. Waiting for the moment to change your lane.
0: Welcome to our radio play. Here we see three strange individuals trapped within the confines of their own psychology. Let's take a closer listen.
1: No, you have to keep going. You have to keep going. You have to keep going Erso.
0: <laughs> we have specimen number one, Parker Renovier. Troubled as she is, addicted to the many substances she finds so quelling to the darkness within her.
2: <laughs> I just like caffeine mostly.
0: <laughs> and we have, of course... Cassandra. Mm-hmm. Mysterious, eloquent.
1: Thank you. Although
0: often drunk as well.
1: What? I was drunk once!
0: And of course, the illustrious, the magnificent, the amazing. All right. Strange Stranger she is, many forms she takes, but kind hearted and quiet and responsive. Hmm? We are honored to be in her presence.
1: You should be! <laughs> <laughs> Have you ever considered that you have a face for radio? I mean, a voice for radio? A face for radio? Whoa! That's one
0: compliment you gotta get right the first time. (laughs) I like to think I, I can do a, some semblance of a North Atlantic accent from time to
1: time.
2: Hello, I'm Parker Renevier. I use she, her, and the clothes that I bought on the internet the other day came with the mail, and for the first time ever, I didn't screw up the size, and they actually fit.
1: I have never in my life had that happen, and that's why I know how to sew.
2: Today we're talking about in Volume 20. We didn't
1: introduce Animorphs ourselves, just Hi. Yeah, we did. I, I didn't introduce did. myself. Well, no, I Yeah, no,
2: Erso introduced okay. us.
1: Erso, Erso okay. introduced us, it was good. Fine, I guess I don't get to have agency over my own narrative or anything. What's your, f- what's your fun fact? Cassandra? My fu- my, well, I was gonna say my fun fact is kind of important to get out there, which is my fun fact is I'm having a migraine, and I'm on a lot uh. of migraine medication. So, um, I'm so sorry. I hate that for you. I hate that for me, yeah, too. Yeah, I hate
2: that for you. Rip, pour one out. Rip. <laughs> Anyways. Thinking of you in this trying time. Onto
1: the
0: cool people. <laughs> Rude. What's your fun fact, Parker? Oh, good I already clothing. told you my fun fact,
2: which is I bought clothes on the internet.
1: Oh, yeah.
0: My fun fact is... That you can
1: do a really good transatlantic accent. <laughs> I can do a lot of
0: decent accents. You
1: can. You're really good at it. I'm super jealous. Aww, thanks.
2: Today we're reading Animorphs, volume 21, The Threat, narrated by Jake, the second in the trilogy of books in which David terrible. is the subject of the oh, book. Oh, yeah. he's also because...
1: the specific. He's just also terrible. Oh, he's so
0: bad. This is actually the best Animorphs book, and I am not taking criticism on this solely because there's a cute dog on the cover. I
2: don't agree with this being the criteria. This, 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 these.
0: I said I'm not taking criticism.
1: She did say that. I mean,
2: Jake's haircut on this on this cover makes
0: me want to like (laughs) die. Go. But
1: look at Homer. He's so cute.
0: Cassie laughed. Maybe we should talk about it later here. She handed me a t-shirt. I sniffed it once. No more was needed, because I knew right away that David had, in fact, walked away from the barn. His trail might as well have been marked with orange traffic cones. This wasn't as fun as chasing a stick, but it was some kind of game, at least. And I liked Cassie. If only she had a stick. Well, yes, the part where
2: Jake morphs into a dog is the best part. <laughs> like, that, that I think, is without question. It's more the cover, specifically, is, is the thing I took issue with I like golden
0: of. retrievers! Let's move on.
2: <laughs> Alright, do you have our synopsis? Uh, yeah, I do. You
1: do go and get go fish the synopsis. <laughs> yes,
0: this is very dog themed.
1: Good, uh, and everything should oh be. Oh my dog- god, themed. wait, this
0: is that's hilarious. I literally <laughs> I didn't even plan for that because my synopsis starts out and catch Rachel and Tobias resume this trilogy with a gut wrenching save. Miraculously snatching the Animorphs out of the air as they tumble from the blade ship, the Animorphs realize Visser 3 has only acquired Slash shoeman instead of um, infesting him, and after landing, decide to scope out the resort in Seagull Morph, nabbing a morphing outfit from a beach shop for David, who remarks how easy it would be for them to steal practically anything they wanted with their powers. A point. After getting deterred by some of the outstanding yurktech Tech-equipped defenses at the resort, the gang leaves to go home and think of a new plan. Of course, David has nowhere to stay and sleeps the night in Cassie's barn, until she discovers he is missing. Jake morphs his dog, Homer, to follow the trail, which leads to a hotel room with a broken window. Jake knocks on the door and confronts David, uh, arguing he can't take anything he wants just because he can. Arguing ensues, and Jake puts his foot down on the situation, forcing David to return with him. The, se- the second plan to attack the resort involves a dragonfly bus with flea passengers to slip under the resort's defenses. <laughs> this is a tricky plan to actually execute, and they begin the mission with little time left in Morph. Flying around in the vents get the- gets them lost and pressured for time until they find an empty room, and everyone demorphs except for Marco, who has trouble until Cassie helps him in a miraculous moment to be able to de- demorph completely. The, the room is holographically ah! disguised to replace. A t- well, I'm just gonna, you know, keep moving on. And we'll Sorry, no, that part that was just It is. The room is holographically disguised to replace a stone pillar, creating a hole in the roof and equipped with a yerk pool. The animorphs figure out that the yurks intend to infest every world leader. As they pass the pillar to deliver their speech, they leave, return as birds later to knock out the guards and, <laughs> by dropping weights on their heads. <laughs> and wait secretly inside the pillar while the event commences. However, the entire room is actually a hologram, and Visser Three ambushes them. David attempts to defect to the Yurks and then plays it off as an act. The Visser uh, uh, reveals that he knows David is one of them. The Animorphs are furious but battle their way to a standstill that both sides draw truce on, allowing escape. Jake speaks to each one of them except David, not to say anything about David's betrayal, and David goes off about how great he was and is. Suspecting another betrayal, Jake stakes out out the barn to see David leave. Tobias, Axe, and Jake pursue, and the latter find David at his old, destroyed home in Golden Eagle Morph with Tobias dead. David claims he did it because he refuses to be pushed around by the others or threatened by Jake. They fight and fly to the mall, where both morph their big cat morphs, and battle it out. But David gets the upper hand and leaves Jake bleeding out.
1: So that was some fun lightning Ah! lightning. (laughs) <laughs>
0: ah! so tobias is dead and Rib. so so am i <laughs> inside this concludes
2: the the historical animorphs journals the the chron- the chronicle ends they here all died
1: after this because tobias was the backbone of the group
2: exactly from here they just dispersed because uh they can't they can't continue without their bird boy
0: Axe flings himself into space. Rachel goes on a rampage, killing a bunch of Hork-Bajir. Jake and Cassie die alone of sadness. And Marco... Marco is actually... He's fine.
2: Marco goes on to become a television host and has a great career.
0: Yeah. So how do we feel about this? How do we feel about this book?
2: (laughs) Like, I, I've, I've, I'm, I'm familiar with a basic cursory degree of how this went down. I know that this is not the end of the Chronicles, of the, of the journals, you know.
1: I, I made sure to distinguish between my notes that are just, ha, ha I want to say a funny, and my notes that are actual <laughs> discussion things. <laughs> let's, get, let's kick off the discussion. I can't say a funny? I'll allow you one funny. little funny okay well so here is here's something that's just something I just want to say briefly That's not a funny but just a quick note is that you know it's something that we've been talking about and it's also known about like these journals that it's never we know the approximate timeline but it's never clear quite when stuff is happening especially since you know there's a possibility that stuff got moved around in the actual timeline so one thing that's nice is we do have a little bit of a timeline thing here with um at the beginning they say it's months since they got the morphing abilities so it's been like less than a year since the first journal but we don't know how much less
0: yeah when they say that i think in my head i was always thinking that it had been about seven months or so
1: yeah i was thinking like more than half a year but not so much more that you could say like oh it's been basically a year mm-hmm Also, I would like to throw in a funny with that, which is... Birds are not capable of stealing. What are they going to do? Arrest me?
2: Yes. I mean... Bird law has become like since these <laughs> have, since these uh, these journals have been published. Bird law has Even become a real thing. Like Tobias, yeah. you stole board I shorts. You're me. gonna go to bird jail. <laughs> Tobias, Tobias doesn't need to worry about going to bird jail because he's stolen board shorts at a time before bird jail is a thing. It's crazy because we've managed to reform the police in our, our our human society, but the birds are a little bit behind us in that.
0: No, we've we've abolished the police. I
2: I have I have an adorable Maximilian Scrooge steel moment mm-hmm. though. You wear artificial skin and artificial hooves. When it is cold, that makes sense. But when it is warm, it seems strange, and you get so concerned when some article of clothing is missing or worn in the wrong way. You mean like that time you wore socks on your pants, Marco asked him. Or that time you wore a- underwear on the outside of your pants. Rachel added still discreetly turned away.
1: <laughs> I love That's that. That's actually friends. a big fashion
0: thing these days, wearing underwear on the outside of your pants. Like Superman. Really? hmm
1: I also I just I love it when when people are friends. I know this is like A low bar, but I just love it when people are friends and Mm. razz each other like friends do. You're
2: my friend, and I razz you all
1: the time. get out of here.
2: You know who doesn't get razzed very much in this book? David. Because everybody's spending so much time protecting and guarding his fragile masculinity, and it's infuriating. So
0: much emotional labor being done for this boy's poor, wretched sense of masculinity that is in shambles. Yeah. I think in in our in our last conversation I was
2: kind of I kind of came down on the side of if they in an ideal scenario if they'd had more time and energy and effort to sort of focus on this this tiny NSA bread boy <laughs> They probably could have made him, like, a decent human being, and probably it wouldn't have been, like, a huge sort of fiasco. Now, in this journal, uh, I'm not so sure. He has, uh, he has, he now seems to me less redeemable than he did at the end of Volume 20. Yeah,
1: I had kind of a similar note to what you're saying, which was, like, I was thinking more about, like, group projects I've been in, or, like, living situations I've been in when you know how you're like in a group of people that you have to get along with due to circumstances and there's one person that you just can't stand but you have to give them the benefit of the doubt because you have to get along with them and so you end up like giving them too much of the benefit of the doubt and you end up actually being nicer to them than you would be to like your friend and then you look like a dick and it sucks and they like take too much my point is this reminds me of some crappy people i've known anyway
2: i haven't had that exact experience but i'm I'm, i think i've seen it happen
0: hi class this is my school project it's called the Ammonorphs, and me and my friends leave the world a bunch c
2: plus not enough dogs (laughs) dogs
1: <laughs>
2: you don't have enough you don't have like a homeward Do you don't have like a homeward bound scenario you need but like we do
1: have a homer bound scenario
2: homer oh. bound hey that Thank was good you. yeah we've got a controller with uh sunglasses with a uh, very low power dracon being built into them
0: i'm wearing my sunglasses as a weapon to kill those birds
1: good good that's scanned pretty well good job
0: it's a non it's a non-lethal
2: it's a deterrent he shoots them and they feel pain, but they don't die. He's not just, like, murdering all the birds.
1: Bird murder or bird I feel murder.
2: like I feel like if a Secret Service agent, like, was stationed outside of the thing and they just saw all of the seagulls just dropping dead around them at, like, various times in, like, a staggered fashion, it would be pretty alarming. And I think they'd probably be like, hey, we gotta move our guy out of here. Like, hey,
1: there are wasn't aliens. Wasn't there some movie where, like, the magnetic poles of the Earth reversed and all the birds ate it and... Dropped out of the sky I'd probably be like Oh It's that But in real life I know
2: that That trope that you're talking about I don't think it was popular At this time Yeah I uh I've been slacking a little bit On disaster movie history Start getting ready For the final four Oh God Okay Finals are coming up real quick Yeah And I have only watched Like 16 Of the 32 Disaster movies That we were supposed To have
1: watched
0: Oh my god Sorry I got distracted
1: By a weird looking leaf <laughs>
2: <laughs> Rachel and Jake's cousin Sadler has a bad time and bad this day. is why Jake's you parents a are
1: day. A not available a day.
2: how did people get, go about naming their child Sadler At this time in history?
0: I mean, I feel like Sadler's parents are probably pretty bad people.
2: How did you embark upon a course of events that resulted in naming your child Sadler? They
1: like horses.
2: There are other horse-related names that are better than
0: Sadler. Colt.
1: Colt? Yeah. Horse. Mustang. Stallion. Okay, I
0: have a hypothetical for you guys. Philly. <laughs> Let's say hypothetically, your parents are humans, <laughs> but you're stuck as a horse
1: <laughs> in a hibachi and... restaurant.
0: You no, your parents operate uh, the hibachi uh, gotcha. restaurant, but you, you are, are a horse. Also, you go to school and you're like a twelve-year-old. Mm-hmm. How do you maintain a social life?
1: I hang out with the other disabled kids and give them rides. <laughs>
0: That's pretty good.
1: Thank you. I've become a therapy horse.
2: You uh, you spend all of your allowance money on DDR pads and then become Ooh. the kid who's got a lot of DDR pads <laughs> in their backyard and, and then everybody could, goes you to your house to play legs. DDR. Yeah, and you have four legs, so you could be really good at DDR. <laughs> anyway, uh, so that's why Jake's parents are not here and how he could get away with staying up for three nights straight, attempting to solve a uh, world leader crisis, Yurk infestation. Poor Jake. Because Tom is just off doing his own Yurk nonsense. Yeah, poor Jake, right? Exactly.
1: Poor Sadler. His name is Sadler, first off. Mm-hmm. And then he also, gets in he accident. got hit
2: by a car. He
1: got hit by a car. His name is Sadler. And it gets even worse in the next journal.
2: Sadler, more like Seatbelter.
1: Uh, Am I right?
0: <laughs> uh, no.
1: My least favorite moment no. in this
0: whole journal is when, in order to avoid doing the thing that they did the first time, where they had to jump on the dragonfly's back as fleas and, like, miss mm-hmm. a bunch and spend, like, an hour doing it. Oh, yeah. <laughs> they... Jake is, like, just chomp. Yeah. Jake Jake invites them to chomp one at a time on his back so that when they morph into...
1: I think, I think it's just David.
2: I feel a lot of... I feel... Okay, can we talk about the dynamic between Jake and David in this book?
1: That depends on how you're going to analyze that dynamic.
2: I'm just saying... It's very charged.
1: Yeah. How not so? Yeah. Like- oh, holy crap. There's a, dra- a dragonfly just went past my window while we were oh, talking nice. about dragonflies. Anyway.
0: The best part of this book is when Tobias says, I have a crazy idea. The bellmen and all, they have these kind of tall hats oh, as part of their God. uniforms. And they keep tipping their hats to the guests before they pick up their bags. And Marco says, that's very polite of them. Who cares?
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
0: <laughs> and then that's actually an important part of their plan because they zip under the hat and then they walk in with the bellman
1: as as a certified marco stan i choose to believe he did see where tobias was going and just wanted to joke
0: (laughs) he just wanted to be like i don't care (laughs) stupid
2: <laughs> real bummer about this bellhop because after this drizzle came out, that bellhop got doxed and it was just a real mess for a bit. And the whole bellhop's YouTube was like, "Oh man, stop ragging on our guy!" Mm-hmm. But then everyone was like, "No, this dude's a misogynist."
0: So tell me more about the dynamic that you're picking up on between.
1: Oh it's... right, we were talking about the homoeroticism and we got distracted. Oh, you think? You right. feel like there's like a not...
0: homoerotic thing going on?
1: I, I don't.
2: I don't want to put a label on okay. it. I don't want to put a label on it. It is a very charged dynamic.
1: I'm willing to label anything homoerotic at any time.
2: Yeah, David, again, sort of, like, speaks to the sort of non-existence of bird law in his interaction with Jake. Uh, hey, a bird broke a window, okay? A bird used a rock to dive bomb the glass. Is that a crime? I don't think so. Officer, arrest that eagle? That's not happening. It's like, wait 25 years, David. Um, <laughs> he can't. No, more like, wait, wait 100 years, David.
1: He can't. Um,
2: uh, well, we, well, we'll get to that
0: only live two years. Anyways, um... <laughs>
2: I feel like the dynamic doesn't quite emerge until after this.
0: After that that moment when he threatens David in the hotel room.
2: Yeah, I think that's the moment. I think that they both... I think that David awakens Jake's, like, mm-hmm. competitive dominant side. His sort of, like, sports, Row. like his sort of uh his his the the side of him that is looking to dominate looking to conquer and looking to lead by something other than a purely democratic situation he needs obedience Yeah, right? it's interesting
0: that you're interpreting it that way because my interpretation is that he just doesn't have a good frame of reference culturally for how to deal with this sort of thing and he's just hmm. trying to he's just he's I think he's just panicking and inexperienced and he's like Maybe his parents talked to him like this before,
2: so he's kind of falling back on an authoritarian mm-hmm. situation. Like that's my because that's
0: yeah that's my guess because like he's been in life-threatening situations before and he hasn't gotten you know competitive or like toxically masculine. He ends up making a choice and it's sometimes the wrong choice. But I mean, I think David sees Jake as like a a, a parental figure, and that's part of where the the difficulty is coming from.
1: Yeah, because we talked about before, he probably has a terrible relationship with his dad. Yeah, and he
0: he talks about him being like, oh, the big man and stuff like that.
2: Yeah, I think that David's projecting on, like, David's picking up on Jake's attempt at assertive dominant masculinity, and he's reflecting that through the lens of his father, and that that's what's causing him to, I feel like this, this, point of insecurity for jake and uh, the the fact that he falls back onto a sort of aggressive authoritarian way of handling this difficult situation does very much sabotage like like at the moment at the moment that that becomes a thing like oh there, here hold on uh, okay uh david gave me a look that was pure cynicism yeah right well how about this jake i'll handle my life you be the big boss of the animorphs so i'll take care of me an answer to David's challenge had formed in my mind. The words were right there, but they were harsh, and if I spoke them, I'd cross a line with David, a line I might not be able to uncross. And then he does it. Like, he he goes for it.
1: Boundaries.
2: And that's the moment at which, yeah, this whole thing is scuttled, and they are rivals now. They are adversaries.
1: But I also feel like a lot of that's just what David is reading into it, and, like, establishing boundaries is important, especially with people who like to push them.
2: Yes, but I would say that as David sees Jake's sort of like hard limit or Jake's sort of appeal to an authoritarian sort of way of dealing with stuff and reflects back on that with what David knows about his father, Jake picks up on that. Okay, so we, I, 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 I kind of rag on Jake a lot and I feel like... I don't really have a lot of windows into his personality and how he actually thinks. So the only way that I'm interpreting this, like, or the only way that I am, like, able to read this right now is in terms of, like, a sports thing, because that's what I know about Jake, is that he does a sports thing. And to me, this is the establishment of a rivalry, and, like, a heated, personal, toxic rivalry at that, you know? And that's the energy that Jake is now bringing to this relationship. So you've got a really heady mix of, like, Strong and negative attraction here. It's mm-hmm. um, it's it's pretty wild and it's pretty toxic and pretty. It gets pretty locked in, especially with some of the other stuff that David does.
0: Yeah, that's really interesting. I mean, <clears throat> I still think it's a parental thing because I think that we see we see that he has a very traditional family. Both of them, right?
2: Which one are you talking about?
0: Um, I don't think David has a traditional family necessarily because I don't think his mother's in the picture.
1: No, his mom's around. Oh yeah, his
0: mom. Yeah, his mom's around. around.
2: I would say that his family is maybe even a little bit more traditional than Jake's because Jake is sort of, like, good friends with the larger sort of extended components of his family and has, like, close relationships with Rachel and, you know, knows Sadler's side of the family well enough to, like, know who's who and what's what going on there, whereas David's is very much, like, a stereotype of the nuclear family. Yeah,
0: that makes sense. With the the pet snake and the pet... Dog.
2: Yeah, a nuclear family is you you've got your you got your breadwinner husband and your obedient housewife and your like slightly troublesome teen and your de venomed cobra.
1: Mm-hmm. Tag yourself. I'm the de venomed cobra. Uh
2: with your additional the point 5 child is is the the cat megadeth.
0: Megadeth, stupid cat. Anyways. Stupid
2: band. Sorry, I don't know anything about Megadeth. Another funny sort of Marco moment where Marco is doing a skepticism again like kind of in a goofy way. <laughs> Sorry, I came across the bit where Axe is like What is a hat?
0: <laughs> Come on Axe, you've, you've seen hats before
2: Yeah, okay Jake is a dragonfly Borf if Marco's one of the fleas on Jake Jake says, I aimed for the vertical opening Turned sideways, folded my wings back and shot through Yeehaw! What yeehaw? What are you yeehawing about? Marco asked <laughs> <It's good enough. laughs> What are you yeehawing about? It's just a great
1: It sounds absolutely like something I would say to a friend Who was yeehawing inappropriately
2: Hey, quit that yeehawing back there Don't make me reach back there.
1: Don't make me stop this dragonfly. (laughs) I'll turn I will turn this dragonfly around. around. If you kids can't stay on your sides of my tubular body, I'll turn this dragonfly around, see if I won't.
2: <laughs> Except he doesn't get the opportunity to because Jake and Dragonfly
0: Morph gets caught in a spider web.
1: Yeah, and
2: David and then panics to... and starts
0: steam morphing which is like the worst.
2: Okay, so they probably figured out what had happened later. I don't think, I don't believe that any of them n- knew what happened to Cassie in the moment.
0: Oh, because it's pretty wild. I'm sure that she just explains it. Like, she's probably the most knowledgeable about it.
2: Jake is like, My blood, my morphic body must have created a semi <laughs> semi-humid artery. The sudden surge of blood pressure had burst Cassie's insides. Like, you definitely were like, what's going on with Cassie? Why is she injured? Visor 3 pulls some real inception nonsense on that. A
0: hologram within a hologram.
1: That's not what inception means.
0: It's a it's a nesting D- it's, there's It's
1: a What's, what's the doll Matryoshka or whatever
2: Yeah it's a Matryoshka It's a Matryoshka hologram
1: Yeah Much better than saying Inception
2: Well I was referring specifically To the Christa, The highly The highly important Christopher Nolan film
1: Highly important Is very subjective I was gonna case. say that. A Highly
2: influential Christopher Nolan film Based on The better Satoshi Kon film. It's
1: highly people. popular.
2: Uh yeah, Visture Three's Megalomania brings him down once more. It's his uh it's his tragic flaw.
0: Yeah, remember how I was saying, Oh, he becomes smarter? He like overthinks this one to an extreme. But it kinda of, it, sure it
1: kind of works because like I mean I know there's like another journal that follows right after this, but I also I really appreciated in a weird way that we got to see how hard and complicated some of the Animorphs missions were. Mm-hmm like yeah, they absolutely. don't succeed in this journal no
0: certainly not but it is really interesting the way that like he conducts this plan is really good right up until the end when he makes a, a cartoonish anime villain mistake
1: i kind of lost track of how many holograms there were supposed to be and where <laughs> they were also wait so i have a question how did he successfully trick them into thinking the dinner was that night instead of the next night I Did I miss something, or did he, like, change the schedule everywhere, or what? That's a good question, actually. I kind of assumed
0: that he just changed the schedule everywhere or something.
2: Yeah, I mean, if, if you're the White House's, like, event planner, you could do that, I guess. But then,
1: how, how did he, like, change... How did he explain, like, I'm changing the schedule, but actually we're still having the dinner on this day, not that day?
0: Maybe the kids just were fooled? Like, I don't know. I'm really bad at organizing things, so this... Always made sense to me that I was just like oh cr- I got the wrong date yeah maybe they just got it wrong did um, I ever tell y'all maybe the time I showed up to an interview two weeks
1: early oh no oh. <laughs> so bad
2: I have a comparable story it's it's so when you walk in and you're like all right everything okay what's going on where where is oh oh <laughs> um.
1: my parents once showed up two days early to a costume party that a was two days later oh, no. b was in fact not a costume party <laughs>
2: <laughs> that's that's very good
1: they also if i remember the story correctly so they had to like take a a fairy or something to get to the party oh, so they're they're taking a fairy and costume. i don't remember all of their costumes i think my dad was dressed as gandalf the gray um taking a fairy to a friend's house on an island for a party. And then they show up at their friend's house and all three of them are in costume. And yeah. the party is two days later and it's also like a formal not costume party. And
0: they're just like, who are these freaks? Like why? <laughs> yeah. I'm on this like isolated island and there's just people
1: in costume. There's Gandalf the Grey at my yeah. front door. Real Bilbo Baggins ours. If
0: Gandalf the Grey showed up at your house,
1: would he show up like this or like this <laughs> I was going to
0: I was <laughs> going to say even if he was 2 days early or 2 days late he would arrive exactly on time That's true That's does, true Cassie
2: has taken maybe one has taken like a creative writing course or something like that on uh, page 43 of the digital version here. Cassie grinned. typical males, she said, airily, self-mocking. All you think about is plot. You always forget it's about personality. It's about character. This or three has to be there. See, he's an egomaniac. Like she's right, but she's
0: being weird about it. Yeah, She's, <laughs> she's goofing, little... but she's entirely correct. It's a little like last century feminism.
1: <laughs> yeah.
0: But, I mean, she's right. This is one of my favorite moments in the book, because Jake, I mean, he really cares about what Cassie has to say, like, all the time. It's what influences all of his decisions going forward. And in the oh, next book,
1: young love.
0: I think the situation with David would have played out way differently if they hadn't sort of, if he hadn't individually come to that realization, and also they hadn't, as a group, come to that realization because of next book things. No one uses fax machines,
1: but call you'll hear the noise. That she's left by ancient Greeks, the perfect cheeks of goddesses and boys. Piled in the closet, broken toys. So. So. Can I bring something up? No. The
2: Spear Danes, in days gone by, and the kings who ruled them had courage and greatness. Okay, alright, you had a point.
1: I have a point, which is... That I'm high as balls on migraine medication. (laughs) (laughs) Um, No, I have a point. I have a point. My point is that Jake says in the narration right at the end of chapter 15, besides there was something wrong about killing defenseless slugs. I was pretty sure of that. Why? He did it before! What's the... I mean, I'm I'm glad he's correct. I'm glad no. for the sudden change of heart. This but he is... killed so many years in that pool in the hospital, like, 10 journals ago or whatever. This
0: is a really funny moment for me because he's not like, he's not like, yeah, killing a bunch of defenseless people is bad. He's like, I have a small inkling of a feeling that maybe <laughs> something about this is wrong. Hmm, I'll uh, have to go and think about this. Not like, oh, it's blatantly wrong. Yeah.
2: Maybe he has an Eric the Chi moment where he's like, hey, I did a really bad violence a little while ago, and I didn't like it, so maybe I'll stop. Or maybe it's the Elemist being like, hey, Jake, maybe you shouldn't do that because if you do it, it you, you'll be
1: exposed. The isn't real.
2: Yes, I I said that specifically to make you mad.
1: Is that so? Also, does anyone else think that they definitely just, like, killed and or permanently brain damaged those controllers with the weights and the cobra venom?
0: Yes, they absolutely did. They're like, we won't kill them, but we're going to drop weights on their heads and give them irreparable brain trauma.
2: To be clear, the weights are small lead fishing weights. They're not like, it's what not, if not if like you, a 10-trod, like, like don't you drop
1: them from anything. high enough? <laughs> If you drop them off the Empire State Building.
2: Yeah, but that's a myth, though. Like, a penny can't reach the amount of velocity that it needs to cause serious damage to a person. But
1: listen, okay, so if they're hitting them and they're knocking them out for any amount of time, they're causing brain damage.
2: Well, yes, this is true.
1: Also, Cobra Venom. Oh, yeah, Marco bit them just a little bit.
2: (laughs) Just a little bit. Marco has clearly studied the toxicology of Cobra Venom in his spare time and knows exactly how much to eject with his Cobra Muscles. Uh,
1: <laughs> so it's not to cobra murder... Cobra Muscles is my new band name. We're a Cobra Starship cover band.
0: and we're all really buff. <laughs> oh my god. God, Rachel's like, self-pity complex is so on display here. Tell me more. Well, she's like, because she can't stand when other people are like, I don't know. I, I think it would be really easy for Rachel to like be super ableist because i think she has she one version of reality that she thinks is bearable and it's where no one pities her she's super strong physically able and capable of standing up for herself and other people it makes a lot of sense to me that she reacts the most powerfully to this moment
2: in a sort of like morbid sort of retrospective way i am excited to see how she reacts to tobias's presumed
1: death badly i feel like
2: she's gonna hulk out a little bit
1: (laughs) next
0: next point what's your other notes cassandra
1: i'm just gonna go ahead and quote directly from what i wrote before i took migraine meds because it's (laughs) slightly more coherent um quote God, the way David is like, haha, do you think a tiger or a lion would win in a fight? Just wondering. Is like exactly the way sexual harassers test boundaries. You know what I mean? Question mark. Question mark. Question oh, mark. Oh
0: God. Same
1: creepy hat. Period. Same trilby. Period.
0: I hate that you're right. I mean, David is textually misogynist.
2: It would be pretty crazy to 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 get into our battle more to so duke it out. Haha. <laughs> Jk. Unless. <laughs> Unless. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what if me and you rolled all over and hit each other a bunch as big cats? That would be crazy. Unless I'm telling you, the dynamic is very charged.
1: It's like that—that that like specific boundary testing dynamic is so common among so many terrible people. Usually men, in my experience, but not always. I've had it happen with a bunch of non-binary people too, actually. And I—I I, like I had it happen. I had this kind of happen with someone at work, actually, with a co-worker, and I had to report it. And it wasn't sexual harassment. It was something else. It was a different subject entirely. But he was using kind of the same playbook that sexual harassers use, mm. where they, you know, sort of test and they, they sort of lob a joke over the net and see if you'll hit it back or, like, if you'll say that's not funny or just kind of let it land. Um, and so I was trying... <laughs> My poor boss, I was trying to describe to her what I meant, and I was not describing it well. She's like, so he sexually harassed you? I was like, no, 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 he didn't sexually harass me. He just made, like, a bigoted joke. So it was basically just like, you know, he made a joke and then sort of waited, like, very, very carefully for my reaction in the exact same way that, like, a guy feeling you up at the bar does. It's the same Mm -hmm. playbook, even if it's not actually sexual harassment.
0: I hate that. Yeah. I hate that I know what you're talking about. Yeah.
1: It's so hard to like describe but once you see it it's like it's everywhere with so many people in mm-hmm. so many situations. Like, haha, but can I get away with this? Yeah, exactly. That's oh, then is. can I get away with this? What about this? And then you're duking it out as big cats on the roof of a mall and your friend is possibly dead.
2: So so David is a textual misogynist, like we know this. But Jake doesn't seem to recognize that yet. There's a moment Men. where he's Yeah where he's talking about how like the dynamic. He's sort of assessing the dynamic and he mentions that David's David's relationship with Rachel and Cassie seems to be cool at this juncture. That just like whooshes right the heck on over.
1: I, I do think that part of it is he's kind of thinking about like how David thinks about those people, and I think David kind of views Rachel uh. and Cassie as like not a threat. And Mm -hmm. not someone to be worried about.
0: Well, he should because he's gonna get a fork in his ear pretty soon.
1: (laughs) I forgot about that until you said that.
0: God, I didn't. As soon as, as soon as they were in the lunchroom, I was like, yes, 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 I want to see this
1: happen.
2: How many people does Rachel just absolutely annihilate in the lunchroom?
1: (laughs) Oh, that's right. She like didn't she? Yeah, she got in a fight. She like threw her food. Yeah, yeah, because the girl like startled her. Yeah. Rachel also at one point brutalizes herself, although not in the lunchroom. Oh, worm? Oh, starfish actually. Oh,
0: starfish! Yeah, good point.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
2: I know the cover of the book that you're talking mm. about.
0: The contents are far worse.
1: It's so before. funny because someone on the internet is like oh, this cover looks so stupid and then someone else like replied and was like, I get that but here's what happens in the book.
2: Yeah. <laughs> Just
1: so you know.
2: David, like, a lot of sort of classic misguided villain types has a moral code that starts to surface at the end mm. of this book mm-hmm. in chapter 26 um murder i don't think so jake he said with a laugh he's a bird you may kill a murder. bird but it isn't murder i wouldn't i'd never do that i wouldn't hurt a human but hey an animal that's a different story like okay completely like negating tobias's personhood we start to see the sort of like way in which he justifies what he does i e- i would never hurt a human yeah, but then he right. proceeds to sever jake's jugular in a bit so like womp womp right <laughs> charge dynamic chapter 28 all right david i said to the darkness you want this fight you can have this fight it's very like
1: this feels like a homoerotic superhero supervillain comic book fight with too much spandex
2: it feels like the prelude to a uh, a particularly like intense and loaded dance number.
1: <laughs> That's true.
2: It's like they're from like competing kingdoms, and mm-hmm. they mm-hmm. have to like dance with each other. Ooh, ooh, to... Hate waltz.
1: Hate waltz. I love a good hate waltz. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like in Evita. Yes, Evita. A, a like a, a, yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: Yes, exactly, exactly. I, I don't know the good. way that they speak to each other at the beginning. At the beginning, um, you've been a long time in that morph, Jake. He called to be. Better demorph, not as long Big as you've been in your morph, both David. Of us. I guess you're right. I was looking for the right place to do this, but I guess I'll have to take whatever comes up. It's just, like, I didn't know what he meant is Jake's next sentence here. I'm like, are you sure about that, buddy? It's charged.
0: I've talked a few times as our foremost animorph scholar about there being, like, sort of overarching ways to sort of group some of the, the journals together. This is uh, the end of, like, the second
1: from the turning of the tide
0: um this is the end of the second phase of what i'm sorry of the journals i think that this is like it re- it represents the closing of a significant like emotional period and also hmm the stakes can't go down i think that they they get like more intense like especially after the fight with like lira and everything that they're just mm-hmm. you know they're not just kids anymore as much as marco wants to pretend they are in another era of their lives yeah
2: it's the event horizon for their innocence (laughs) exactly for their ability to proceed as normal teens
1: what is a normal teen but a child that has not experienced trauma yet wait i said (laughs) that's a joke but that's kind of true
0: yeah i was gonna say it's not that they haven't even experienced i feel like
2: most teens have experienced trauma
1: being a teenager is traumatizing man
2: being a child is traumatic i went into this discussion actively not wanting to just be like, wow, David is awful, and have that be the entirety of my contribution for today. But, I mean, that's how I'm feeling, but yeah,
0: that's that's what I have.
1: I had so many thoughts, and then I took migraine medication, and my brain was like, no think.
0: Well, complicate those feelings about how you feel about David a little bit. Or don't. I don't know.
2: I want to believe that there is a, a, a nugget of goodness in him. It's just that, like, it's so far removed from his current situation and his ability to do the thing that it becomes, like, more and more impossible that it will ever arise, you know? And, like, granted, it's not, he's under an extreme quantity of duress. Like, it's not his fault entirely. It's just, yeah. I don't know. I think, I think, I think we should wrap it
1: up. I'm losing it, man.
0: Uh, we got some good thoughts. (laughs) We We got a
1: lot of me being high as balls and a couple of good thoughts.
2: Next week, we're reading Animorphs Volume 22, The Solution, which features Rachel morphing into a white rat on the
1: cover, I believe.
2: Or is it a mouse or a rat? It's a rat. It's a, rat. It's, a, it's a rat. rat.
1: it's definitely a rat. I can tell you that off the bat. Ooh.
2: The tagline for this one is, A mistake has been made. His name is David. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> Ooh. <Yeah>.
1: Ouch.
2: Ooh. <laughs> Youch. All well, right. I'll see y'all in
1: a week then.
0: See you in a week.
1: Stay safe. Stay safe. Stay safe. Don't get migraines, kids. They suck. The Morph Report is now on Patreon. We care a lot about accessibility and we want to provide transcripts for our podcasts. However, we are not able to keep up with the transcripts ourselves for much the same reason that we care about accessibility in the first place. To help offset these costs, we have introduced two preliminary tiers on Patreon at a $2 and $5 level, and we are working on more. If you're interested in supporting us so that we can transcribe our episodes, and also, so that we can pay for our hosting fees on Pinecast, please look us up or follow the link in the episode description or on Twitter. Thank you. Stay safe.
2: Thanks to Noelle Micarelli for the use of their songs Comic Book Girl, Off the EP Field Notes from Another Place, and Complicated Spoon. You can find more of their music at noellemiccarelli.bandcamp.com. The Morph Report is hosted by Marina Malucci, Scrivener Lamb, and Blythe. You can follow us on Twitter at Morph Report. If you have a question for the Podmorphs, tweet at us, or send us an email, and we'll answer it on the show. Our email is themorphreport at gmail.com. Thank you for listening. Stay safe.